Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by my free masterclass. Reduce your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekend. So basically, I am giving you an opportunity to grab your ticket for a free masterclass. So in 50 minutes, that's five zero, you'll be able to stop overextending yourself without being racked with guilt. You will be able to create some space to stay on task. You will start saying no to requests. And I actually teach you how to do this. And you will unlock the secret to reducing your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekend. It's a free masterclass. It costs you absolutely nothing. All the details are on my website at rawrawconsulting.com. That's R-A-H-R-A-H consulting.com. Or in the show notes, there's a direct link. Just click on free masterclass and grab your ticket. I can't wait to see you there. So just a heads up that this episode is actually part one of two episodes. Due to time constraints, we decided to extend the conversation of physical mediumship into its own kind of mini bonus episode that'll be released in the next couple of days. In that episode, Jen and I go into the concept of ectoplasm a little bit more because man, is that a big subject? We also cover the subject of table tipping, spirit boards, and how you can go about starting your own physical mediumship group. It's all coming up in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. All right. I'm Lauren and welcome to the show. Today I'm joined by Jennifer Rose. She serves as a spiritual evidential medium, a spiritual trans healer, a transformational guide, a speaker, and a teacher. As a medium, the love, hope, and healing that is given and received during the connection with spirit is truly a gift and she feels honored to be doing this sacred work. Her spiritual teaching specializes in spiritual awakening, empathic empowerment, energy awareness, as well as intuition and mediumistic development. Jen is passionate about assisting others in their healing journey and offering guidance to those on a journey of awakening and transformation. She's joining me today to talk about all things mediumship. And what I mean by that is we're going to be going down the road of mental mediumship, trans mediumship, and physical mediumship. But before we get to those juicy subjects, Jen, welcome so much to the show. I'm really happy that you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. So Jen, one of the things that I like to know about is, uh, you know, kind of how everyone's spiritual journey started for some people, you know, they always knew that they were able to talk to spirit. They always felt connected to, you know, the spirit world for other people. It was something that, you know, kind of came later in life. So I'd love to know for you, how did it all kind of kick off? Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. From the time I was little, I was always very highly sensitive and um, I, I was intuitive and I knew I was intuitive, but no one would really ever believe me when I would, you know, speak about it. So you just kind of learn not to speak about it. <laughs> but um, I was always attracted to anything that was on TV that had to do with 
you know, a psychic show or a medium show. Um, and I was always attracted to metaphysical bookstores from a young age. Um, so it was always in me. Um, um, but I had my adult life kept me busy with school and family and such. And then once um, that got to a point where I had more time, um, the, it started calling me back again. So I had that sole calling to go back into uh, pursuing my spiritual development and started taking classes just like most of us like to do and went from there. Yeah. You know, it's sort of funny because I think that when you are uh, spiritually inclined, when you've done a lot of the journey, when you're into this sort of world, for us, it's really normal. Like before I hit record, I was asking you whether or not you had a book and you said not yet, you know, and that the, you hadn't channeled it yet, essentially. And, you know, to me, it made perfect sense. I totally understood that. But, you know, it's not really a conversation that you can have with just anyone. So I guess I'm interested in finding out how the people around you kind of started to react to you when you were taking these classes were they all open to it was it something that was normal for them to be hearing about because when you are doing the kind of classes that I'm sure you were doing I'd like to hear more about that it's not really necessarily very mainstream or, or very common and sometimes it can be received in a challenging way I suppose um, yeah, that's a very good question. You kind of have to feel out your listener. <laughs> and sometimes um, it's good to deliver yeah. things in bits and pieces. It is kind of, you know, like coming out of the closet a little bit. So that can be really hard and yeah. scary to do. Um, but over time, you start to kind of build more confidence in yourself. And um, often you'll realize it's just not not as big a deal as you maybe thought it would be for others. And uh, And then you also... When you start your development, you make a lot of new friends, a lot of your, you form your tribe of spiritually minded yeah. people. So you have those to lean on against as well. But I'd be surprised most people actually will, will come, uh, come around a lot easier than we give them credit for. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I guess what comes down to it as well is that we're all operating on a certain vibration. So it makes sense that we're probably connecting more so with people that are maybe a little bit more open-minded um, than others. So, yeah. Okay. So did you sort of start taking mediumship classes or did you kind of slowly evolve into that or were there always spirits in your corner and you were thinking, all right, it's about time I learned to speak with you. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't one of those people who like, like have all these vivid memories of spirits visiting me, but I knew I knew I was connected in some way. Um, and I knew I was intuitive. Um, and I kind of, I, I kind of went to what I call like spirit boot camp. So that means I started taking classes and a lot of them. <laughs> so it was like, you, you can't get enough. And that happens to a lot of people. They just, you know, they, they start taking a little bit of everything because they're just so excited to be like on that journey. It's just like I said, a wide awakening and opening for them too. So I, I took mediumship development, psychic development, a lot of different healing classes, um, took workshops. It was a lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that I know about you that our listener at home um, might not be aware of is that you have a whole range of specialties and, um, you know, things that you can do your skill set, and you've kind of touched on it slightly here, but we are keeping the focus today on mediumship. So I will narrow my questions down to okay. that subject, which is already kind of a big category. So yeah. I guess I'm sort of wondering, uh, what was it like the first time that you were able to connect with spirit and, you know, sort of start that journey of trust, I guess you could say. 
Uh, yeah, the first time um, I did it, it was very scary. Um, I my uh, I went to a James Bond Prague workshop. That was like my first <laughs> medium. Oh wow, class. that would have been good. Yeah. I was very scared on my way there um, and, you know, fear almost wanted me to turn the car around, but I, I made it there. I made some connections, got some evidence. I was paired up with the nicest lady and I just had a wonderful experience. And it's really magical when you make those first few connections with someone's loved ones and you'll, they will kind of shower you with love too while you're having that experience. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. It's, it's, it's really magical. Hmm. Would you say that doing your mediumship training is sort of essential? Because I guess when I think about connecting with spirit, I mean, some people can do it from a young age uh, where they're not necessarily needing to be trained. But I guess when you are taking the classes and you're learning the skills, you're also learning about boundaries and protection and cleansing and things of that nature. Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I think what's nice about um, development is there's a lot that needs to be learned about mediumship and there's kind of different structures that you kind of need to have when giving a reading and you need to know how to handle certain situations and different kinds of uh, things, all kinds of things can pop up. Um, and so, you know, you, in your beginning of your development, you might be, you know, getting a lot of, you know, nice kind grandmas visiting you and giving you information, but there's a lot of sensitive readings too, that you need to know how to, how to, um, deliver with compassion and sensitivity for someone, for instance, someone was abusive in their lifetime. Someone was on drugs, overdosed, or a suicide. Those kinds of things have to be handled very specially. So it's really important you have good, solid foundation and development, even if you're already connected, so that you, you know how to really give a solid reading that's always coming from the spirit and that your own mind isn't kind of getting involved with. Uh, so as far as your comment about cleansing and protection, uh, what I will say is it is important to be what I call a clear channel. And so that means doing your own inner work on yourself. So you've done a lot of your own healing um, and we don't, we don't want our current stuff to um, sort of interfere with the message we're giving, whether it's a psychic reading or a mediumistic reading. So it's important to have done, you know, not you can't heal everything you know that ever was but to have done a lot of personal internal work on yourself so that yeah. you know you can have that separation okay and so that if you are going through something you know what to do do i need do i need to reschedule this or you know can i really put this to the side before i go on with my with my reading um as far as protection is concerned um in i know people have different uh, uh, belief systems and and the spirit world, though, exists in a very high vibration and high frequency. And so they're very love. That's the frequency that they're at. So I don't find the need for protection um, in that case. Um, so that's kind of a whole nother separate subject that, you know, we can get into, but it would take probably a while. But what I, what I can reassure you is that spirit is love and it comes, it lives in a high frequency. And that's why mediums, we learn to raise our frequency so that we can connect with the spirit world. So we have to really get in ourselves into a place of love, you know, and, and get our own frequency up nice and high so that we can feel that connection with the spirit world. They kind of slow theirs down for us and kind of meet us halfway. Hence the word medium. <laughs>
Yeah. I love that a lot. And I think that what you said there too, is a lot about self-awareness because when you are aware that, you know, like you said, you might not be having, maybe you're dealing with some personal challenges or some, some things happening in your own life, maybe getting into a situation where somebody is extremely vulnerable and you're needing to deliver messages to them. Isn't the right timing. So I liked how, you know, you kind of talked about that because I think that's really important. And I, you know, that doesn't always come up in every conversation. Um, one of the things that also came up when you were speaking to me was when I was, I was thinking about, um, I read the book, Bridging, uh, Bridging Two Realms, I think by John Holland. Sorry if I got the title wrong, but one of the things that he talked about is that he always kind of likes to find out a bit about uh, the person who's coming to him and, and who they're wanting to connect with. And it's almost as though if the grief is too strong or the passing is too sudden, I think he often likes to sort of delay the reading a little bit to allow a little bit of time. Uh, do you sort of do a similar practice or are you happy to read anybody at any time? If you know, they feel that I need a reading right now, even though my loved one passed yesterday, I would certainly try if the person wanted that. And, um, but I can't guarantee who's going to come through, you know, so I do have situations where people who have had recent passings, you know, within a few weeks to a few months and I try my best, but I can't guarantee. Um, we have to also remember there's space and time are, are, kind of an illusion. So what we think of as yesterday, you know, when we go into the spirit realm, that's not a real thing. <laughs> so that's just, you know, my personal opinion. So I would certainly um, try my best, but I certainly respect everyone else's um, intuition. So I know with this gentleman, I, I think he's really following what is intuitively correct for him. Yeah. And so I would do the same. I would follow what was, what felt right for me, you know, and what the, what I felt like spirit was asking me to do. Cause I, I know they're going to bring me whatever is uh, right in that moment. Very trusting of whatever happens. Yeah. Well, in a few minutes, we are going to talk a little bit more about the different kinds of mediumship, but before we get to that, I mean, I can't help but ask about what you just said, where you can't always kind of control who comes through. So how does that kind of show up? Does somebody normally come with an intention and they go, Jen, I really want to talk to my, my, my grandmother. And then you're like, okay, I'll try. And she just won't show up, but somebody else is, can you tell me a little bit about that experience? Um, there's, you know, there's a reason for everything. And so this is where trust really comes in with the spirit world is whatever is meant to happen, whatever that person needs to get is what's going to happen yeah. in that moment and during that session. Um, so if, if they want their grandma to come through, you know, most people are pretty open to whoever comes, but if, you know, sometimes they do have specific requests and if that's what they want and it doesn't happen, I'm sure there might be disappointment that comes with that. It doesn't mean their grandma's not there. It doesn't mean that she doesn't want to be there. It means that there's another reason why that happened that we just don't know. There's certain mysteries that come with the spirit world. And we do say that in public demonstrations also is, you know, please claim your loved one because people are thinking I'm, my dad might come through and then, you know, kind of uncle Joe, who I don't know that well, who acted kind of weird, you know, like comes through instead. <laughs> there is a reason for that. We don't, right. we don't always know why <laughs> we just yeah. have to trust. And we also have to know that everyone, once they're in the spirit world, they're coming from a place of love. So that sort of personality characteristics that we may not have appreciated during this physical reality are not really present in the spiritual reality that they now reside in. They're still them, but their soul, their spirit. 
Yeah, yeah. And I guess, oh, I have so many things I want to say on that. So um, number one, you know, when people are connecting, we do know it's always divinely ordered as well. So kind of like you're saying, maybe there's a message for somebody that can only be delivered in a certain way through a certain spirit, would you say? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's it's very possible. It could mean that, you know, the the uncle is a better communicator. There's, we don't know what the needs are for them on their side either. So we may not know the entire reason, but it, it could be that, um, you know, you get a different, a different family member coming through, but they were say a very good communicator in this life. And so they come through kind of, you know, representing the family, you know, so that could be one of the issues too. Mm, yeah. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about is just because somebody passed over, I always like to say transitioned, but you know, passed over, whatever people want to say, um, that they don't necessarily resume some kind of like angelic, you know, sort of level all of a sudden they're not always, would you say like necessarily the highest good one story I'll, I'll liken it to is that I was listening to, um, Sonia Choquette's book, um, audio book. And it was about connecting with your spirit guides. And he was talking about how this man and this woman were married and the man was, a really avid gambler and he gambled all the time and he lost a lot of money. And then when he passed over, he was guiding her to go gamble as well. And she was losing a lot of money. And it was, it was like, yeah, because he was also not a very good gambler. So it's just, it's just sort of a funny story in a way, but I guess the whole thing is that just because somebody's passed over, do you think that, you know, you need to take all their information or all their guidance as gospel or, you know, do you ever discern their kind of feedback or their, their guidance in a way? Um, yeah, great question. In my experience, when we transition over to the spiritual realm, um, I don't even like to always call it world so much because, you know, we're all, it's, we're all so connected, you know, we, we're all so connected and everywhere and spirit is around us all the time. So we're sort of intertwined anyways, but um, in my experience, you know, there is, there's a, there's a healing process and a review process, but after that, there, you know, their spirit, their soul, their, that's who they are. And so they will come through in through a medium, they have to show their kind of original personality of how they were here in this physical lifetime, or we wouldn't recognize them, right? So they have to kind of show that part of them, but that doesn't mean that's entirely how they are now. So I'm sure they continue to spiritually develop and evolve, but I don't feel that they would ever do any harm or tell any lies or anything like that. Cause yeah. I've done readings where they've shown me their personality and then showed me like their soul essence. And it's just so bright and beautiful and glorious. It's just, uh, it's amazing to experience, I have to say. Um, but what I will add is with anything, you know, you can get sometimes different advice from different, um, I'll say spirits, whether it be loved ones or guides, you know, so they may still have some different opinions or what I'm not going to say, I'm going to correct myself and not say opinions, but perspectives, because yeah. we do live in, in realities of multiple perspectives. So you may get different perspectives expressed. So then the challenge for the person here is to trust their selves too, trust your own intuition and your own guidance. If that 
if that information feels good to you, go with it. If it doesn't feel right for you in that moment, maybe that's the lesson in that. And then you trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. So I have heard so many guides and so many readings saying, please trust yourself, trust your intuition. It's there because we are spirit. We have a soul too that guides us, our soul, higher self, whatever you want to call it. That's always guiding us, working through us. We're never separate from it. And so the more we can get in tune with our own spiritual awareness and self and trust ourselves too, because there's a lot of answers inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I mean, a huge part of the work that you do is all built on your ability to trust yourself, right. And the messages that you're getting from spirit. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that always fascinates me about mediums is that how everyone seems to have their own sort of code or their own language or their own, you know, signs that they get from spirit that means something. So do you kind of relate to that? And how did you kind of develop your own code? Yeah, that's a great question. So that's going to depend on um, sort of what the medium strengths are. So if they're highly clairvoyant, which means they have that inner seeing, they're probably gonna have a large vocabulary of images, or shall I say repertoire of images that they can fall back on. And so when the spirit person is connecting with that medium, um, they will use probably a lot of pictures and images to give the information about themselves. Now, someone who's highly clairsentient does a lot by feeling, it will, it will be different. They will be getting a lot of feelings of what this means and how that feels and how their personality feels, how their body type feels, those kinds of things too. So that's one part of it. Um, they also use whatever is in our lifetime of experience too, so that they can use to call on. So that's that means on their side, um, there's a lot of orchestration involved in picking out what is within the medium's realm of experience, what is in their strengths that they will use to give the medium the best possible information for the the person who's receiving that message, their loved one here in the physical world. That's so fascinating. So for you, you know, how does the code or the language sort of show up for you? Is it mostly in picture or feeling or... Um, I get kind of a combination of both. Um, There's also clear audience where you're hearing words, you know, names, things like that. Sometimes you just know things. You don't know how you know it. It just, it just, it's the awareness is there. That's called clear cognizance. And so I get it in both ways. So for instance, uh, um, if I can, I I often with uh, uh, loved ones who say, weren't always as kind as they should have been (laughs) during their lifetimes, they will hold back. They give me this held back feeling within my clairsentience. So I know, okay, this is, there's probably an apology that's coming here and they're probably holding some space for the, the, uh, what we call the sitter, the, the receiver of the message. They're, they're holding back a little to show respect for that person. Um, and then almost always that person can understand that. Um, so that's one way. So that's, you know, one example. Um, and then there are certain, you know, images that will come to you again and again, and they might have different meanings or more than one meaning too. So then you have to kind of uh, figure out which is, you know, which is the meaning that they're trying to convey <laughs> with yeah. this too. They may feel far away. And so then you're trying to understand, is this a physical distance an emotional distance? 
did you not know each other for very long in your lifetime? So then you have to work that out to see which feels the best with that. And yeah, so. <laughs> I kind of feel like um, you need to add like detective to um, <laughs> to your title or something like that. I'm a medium slash detective. A little bit, a little bit true. It's they're telling a story and it's done through kind of a lot of symbology and um, they don't, they're, it's not like they're just standing right next to you talking sentences and, and you know, uh, paragraphs, you know, my name was da da da, I was born here and, you know, these are my hobbies and this is what I did for, <laughs> it doesn't work like that, you're, you're getting it in all of these different little ways, but that's kind of the magic and the mystery of it too is, and, but you're telling their story, so it's important, we want to try to, you know, really get it right. We want to get it right and tell their story and we want their person here to leave saying i know that i know that was my mom i know she was here there's no way the medium could have known that that was so much information that i i can, can take that with me knowing that she was here for sure and that really is that's a game changer for people in their lifetime oh for sure because it's also confirmation yeah. that we don't just die we just you know, change form. So, I mean, that's just a whole thing. And then to go on, those people tell the story and then other people are like, what? And then it's, it's just amazing. It's the butterfly yeah. effect. Um, yeah. One thing that came to me though, when you were talking is that uh, sometimes I'm sure you're also delivering messages to somebody and they're just not getting it. <laughs> what happens when that <laughs> happens? Do you keep, do you just keep reinforcing? You try to explain it in a different way, or, you know, I guess in a big part, you almost need to kind of recommend that when people are getting a reading that they release their expectations. Yeah, that is um, helpful for people to just be open um, as possible. Um, some, some people are skeptical that may close off their energy a little bit. Um, so that could make it more difficult or some people might just be, you know, very vulnerable and feeling really private. And so that can kind of you know, but it's still our job to do the best and, and you know, emit as much love as we can. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, what I teach people is if they've, if they're getting a no, you know, someone doesn't under understand that information, feel into it again, and let's ask that in a different question. Um, so it's like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're really feeling a strong military connection as you're connecting with somebody's grandfather. You know, they're not understanding the military connection, but it turns out dad had the military connection. So grandfather was trying to bring up dad, you know, and, and right. acknowledge dad, you know, so that's kind of how things, so you need to kind of keep working with it. And so some people, especially in their newer in their development, they may take the no as, oh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. And they just keep moving on. Let's just stick with that just a little more. Let's make sure because yeah. we don't want to, that could be an important piece that the spirit wants to bring forth. So you may have to ask it in a different question. And so that's where just a lot of experience and development comes in. Yeah, that's so cool. What a great example. All right, girl, let's get into the conversation now of mental trance and physical mediumship. What is mental mediumship? Okay, so mental mediumship is um, what most people are familiar with. So that's where we're connecting with a loved one in spirit and we're giving information from that loved one and usually a message to their um, loved one here in the physical world. Um, so mental mediumship means it's going through the mind. So that means the, the uh, spirit person has to use our mind 
whatever, like we said, whatever is in our experience, whatever we know, what's ever in our memory banks, they have to use our mind to um, create um, their story. So they have to, the, the images, thoughts, feelings, everything are going through the mind. And then we also will feel them in our physical energy as well. Um, trans mediumship does go under mental mediumship, but it's still a, a separate different thing in itself as well. So, okay. So with mental mediumship, I guess one of the things that I always like to reinforce to the listener at home is that you're basically using your imagination to get all of this information, right? Yeah, you're kind of in that, what we call sort of more of the right brain space. And you, you, you're moving your awareness into a different part of your mind where you're receptive to the information. And so you don't want your logical thinking mind to sort of be interfering and adding stuff to it, because that's yeah. when you will start getting those that you can't get rid of. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's where more development comes because you need to be able to stay in that space of awareness with the spirit world for the length of that reading. So that's really important to, to keep with your development. And um, so they're using your mind, but not like that thinking, you know, rational, critical mind. It is more into the, the imagination part of it. Yeah. Um, similar, I'd like to say is if you ever have had to like write a paper, you know, and you had to stop and think and you go into kind of that daydreamy space and you're waiting for the words to come, right? Yeah. That's kind of like what that is. It's the same same sort of thing. You're waiting for the words to come and then they just come, but you've, you've realized that you've moved your mind into this other place. You know, um, artists tend to do very well because they're used to using that part of their mind. They're used to kind of moving into that uh, imagination zone of their mind. So absolutely, you're correct. And that would be, you know, if you were wanting to strengthen that skill, meditation would be a super important thing to do, right? Because that's where we yeah. can kind of get out of the ego or the human side of ourselves. Right. The most important thing in your develop is learning to what we call sit in the power and hold the power. And so the power is like your spiritual energy and the spiritual energy of spirit as well. So it's your energy and the, the energy that's around you all of the time. Um, so, and you're learning to kind of tap into that. So with sitting in the power, you're, you're, you learn to expand your energy out kind of like a big bubbles, like kind of like a big giant bubble that's sort of like, you know, filtering into the atmosphere and you learn to kind of hold that and you'll start to feel a change in your energy over time. And that helps you to develop a stillness within the mind. So you get the thinking mind to learn how to quiet down and relax. So that way the spirit world can very easily come and blend with you and give you that information and give you those pieces. So you, you get into a very passive state. So mediumship is very passive. You can't go reaching for it. It just comes to you and you just translate it out. We mm -hmm. kind of just, we're sort of the middle person <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the communication. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's a way as well that you're not interfering with the messages. So you're simply Oh, that's so interesting though. Cause if you're having, if we go back to that conversation about the military, um, you know, impression of the military, you know, connection that you're getting, you kind of have to get your spirit connected side, your right side, I guess, to hear that message. But then does your human side need to try to work it out with the other person? Do you kind of blend the two together there or? Uh -huh. Sort of, yeah, because you're, you're, you have to stay in the space with the spirit world, yeah. and then you also have to be communicating 
with your sitter at the same time. So there is a bit of a back and forth. So you really have to hold that, be able to hold yeah. that space, give the information and get right back. So it does take practice and development to be able to do that too. And, yeah. you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes a person when you're, you know, you're asking, can you understand that, that piece of information? Does that make sense to you? They may all of a sudden want to start sharing a lot, a lot of information of their own, which we, we generally don't want them to do because it's our job to do that, but it just yeah. happens. So then we, we, we have to hold that. <laughs> we have to hold that and try to, you know, step in as quick as we can and say, oh, please let me give, let me give it to you. Please let yeah. me give it to you. Right, because they start doing it, then you you know your mind starts getting interested in what they're saying. So we really have to stay with the spirit, you know, and stay with the power. And the power is also your sort of like your battery of energy that you have to work with. And when that drops, that's when the communication starts to you know slow down and come to an ending as well. So it's really important to sit in the power regularly, do it often, let spirit work with you and work on your development because that's their time. They connect with you. They help you with your development. You learn to quiet your own thinking mind. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Okay. Let's talk yeah. about trance mediumship. Now, when I first heard trance mediumship, I couldn't help but think about uh, channeling, but I might not be correct in that because I also kind of got the impression that mental mediumship is a lot of channeling as well. So can you talk to me about trance mediumship? Yeah, thank you. And some people would put channeling and transmediumship in the same category and they would say there's absolutely no difference. Um, so you're not wrong when you say that too. So transmediumship is has a lot of various different levels. And where some people make the separation is often when we see people channeling and they call themselves channelers, they tend to say I'm channeling you know, Archangel Michael or the Pleiadians or, you know, some other kind of being like that. When yeah. people call themselves a trans medium, they're usually referring to my guide speaks through me through uh, philosophy something like that. It's, it's, so it's really up to you if you want to say they're different or the same. Everything is still spirit in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to say that. Trans mediumship goes from very light to very deep. Um, and it also will include automatic writing, um, trance healing as well. Um, so very light would be influential speaking. So if you're speaking in front, of an, in front of an audience and all of this beautiful things start coming out of you, you know, in the end, you're like, wow, that was great. How did all of that? <laughs> the spirit was like helping you. They were kind of influencing you to do that. So that would be a, a lighter form of doing that too. As we get into the deeper levels, you'll find guides will come and they'll what we call blend with you, which means they come very close in your energy, kind of feels like a big hug. Um, and they will often speak in philosophy and they'll give a philosophical message to the group or the person that's listening. And that's usually the person's like main trance guide. They have a special guide that's just for that. Um, sometimes guides will also come through and act as the medium. So instead of the medium saying, I have your, you know, your grandfather here, da, 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 the actual guide that's talking through you while you're in trance will do that instead. Um, and occasionally you will also get loved ones coming through, talking through the medium as if in first person. So if say your grandmother was passed and I were a trans medium and I'm a deep, deep trance, my grandmother would come in and just start talking to you as if it were a, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation. 
which is pretty amazing. Most often we see it as messages of philosophy, but it's it can get to so deep that the trans medium is speaking in a different language, in a different accent, highly different mannerisms, and they don't remember a thing when they come out of trance. Yeah, and sometimes their bodies can swell up after or during, right? Like you can have a physical reaction as well. Um, I haven't heard of swelling up, but it can take a little bit of time just to kind of uh, sort of feel back into your normal kind of physical awareness. So it can mm. take, it's, uh, it's important not to try, even with uh, mediumship or meditation, you don't want to come back like, like too fast. You just give yourself time to breathe and, and sort of uh, have some quiet time to, so you can feel like you're all the way back. Cause you do move into quite of an altered state. And so that can just take a few moments to come back, do some breathing, some grounding, whatever you need to do. So you feel like you're all the way back. Yeah. Okay. Regular awareness. Um, I think I was thinking of uh, Ramtha. <clears throat> I can't remember who channels Ramtha. I think her name starts with a J. It does start with a J. I just, it's escaping me at the moment. So Ramtha, if someone's wanting to look into this more at home, they can. And then also um, Abraham, Esther Hicks. She is a quite a famous, would you say, trans medium as well? Yeah, I think she calls herself a channeler, but it's it's whatever you want right. to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, okay. A lot of times with trans mediums, you'll see them uh, you'll see them kind of like sitting in a circle, you know, and it takes it takes some time. It can take you know a few minutes to get into that altered state. So you're just, you know, you're just waiting and waiting until you feel a spirit has a really strong link with you. And often their eyes will be closed when they're giving the message as well. Um, so yes. Have you done that before? Um, yes, I have before. Yeah. Um, it can take years and years to development. So I'm cer certainly looking forward to developing that even more and getting, you know, deeper and deeper with that. It's, it's a lot of fun though. It really is. So how does it work for you? Do you channel a spirit guide or do you channel, you know, people's loved one or sorry, do you, I was going to say, do you trance, but that's not how you would say that. So you would say that <laughs> yeah. you channel. <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah, you are act, you are acting as a channel for the spirit world, whether it's mental mediumship or trans mediumship. Yeah. You are being a channel for the spirit world. Absolutely, absolutely. So most frequently for me, it is a guide that's working through me, giving messages of philosophy. So that's most mostly what I do. Yes. Okay, cool. And does your intonation or the way that you speak change at all, or is, does it still sound like Jen, but she's just really wise? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a great question. It can because you can also have different communicators that are working with you and they will feel different and they will behave a little bit different too. Um, sometimes even your face will change a little bit too. So you'll um, people who are watching will say, gosh, you looked so much more masculine, you know, while you were, you know, giving that message from your male guide, <laughs> you know, and so yeah, it is, it is very interesting. So, because they just, they get so close to you to almost where you feel like you are them. So when you're in a trance state, you might even feel like your, your hands feel really big or, or different or really small from how you feel. So it's, it's really fun though, but you know, the spirit world is, is so loving. And so it, it's, it's a beautiful experience to, uh, to work with and to continue to develop. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Do you remember the messages that you get when you are in a trance? Not very often. I usually bits and pieces. 
Um, and the reason why is when you're in that altered space, you're so in the moment, like in the now. And it's like from one second to the next, you can't quite remember. So you may be aware of the words while they're coming out, but you're not that aware of what's happened after that or a few minutes ago. So you, you will might remember some bits and pieces and it de depends on how deep you are too. So the deep you, deeper you are, the probably the less that you'll remember. Right. And I guess the message very often is for the person that you're giving it to. It's not yeah. necessarily for you. Um, yeah, often it's for whoever's listening. Um, and uh, typically yeah. a lot of times we'll have a group, group of people are listening or a few people listening. Um, so yes, but it's, it's for them. All right. Let's talk about uh, physical mediumship now. So where does physical mediumship fit in and how is it different from mental and trance? Okay, so this is where it gets very magical. <laughs> so physical mediumship is where we're having really like the most amount of proof of the spiritual world existing. And so the object of physical mediumship is to have physical phenomenon that's happening. So what physical medium, people who are interested in physical mediumship will do is they will form a circle. Another word for that would be seance. That conjures up, might conjure up some weird pictures in people's minds. But yeah. what that means is you sit, you sit in a circle and often the lights will be off or there will be a red light in there and they will be a trance medium that usually will have physical mediumship capabilities, which means they can produce ectoplasm or they can just help produce, they have the correct energy to produce physical phenomenon that the spirit world can can use to help create um, that. And the other people who are in the circle are often mediums too, or they're very you know, spiritually aware people are interested in physical mediumship. So they will be developing as well, even if they're not the central medium of the circle, but their job is to sing. So you play music, it's usually love songs. So it's a very high vibration. So the group is basically singing love songs to the spirit world <laughs> and you wow. keep it the same time every week it's really beautiful and sweet so when you think of what you might see in the movies it's just nothing like that you're literally just you know coming into a very high frequency of love um, between you and the spirit world to create that that bridge between you know the physical and the and the spiritual and singing love songs and you're describing like what your experience so like oh, I'm feeling cold all of a sudden. I'm feeling like I have a, a spirit person that's to my left. You know, I, I think they might've just brushed my cheek. So you're describing what your experience, it helps them to know that, you know, we're, uh, what we're experiencing matching is what they're trying to create. Um, and some of the physical phenomena that can occur would be what we call direct voice. And so that would mean you're actually hearing objectively spirit voices in the air, not in your mind's ear, but objectively. So it could be a loved one or a guide actually speaking. Um, it might just be little sounds too at first too. You may hear raps or knocks on the, the walls of the room that you're in. And a lot of times those will come as confirmation. So if somebody is saying something, you might just hear like a knock on the wall right after that, or they thought of something that felt profound and then spirit heard the thought and then they, they knocked on the wall to kind of give that little confirmation. Um, apports can appear, which is that's where something has 
dematerialized from one location and rematerialized into the room that you're in. So it wasn't there before and now it is. So cool. <laughs> and uh, um, objects can levitate. So sometimes people have like glow in the dark, you know, little balls and things like that and they can levitate up in the air so that way you can see them <laughs> in, the, uh, in the air. Even though you're in the dark, you can see them. Uh, let me see what else um, can happen. There's so many, <laughs> so many fun things that can happen too. Um, I would say things can move around too. So you might have one object that was on the table before you started. And then when you come out of the circle, um, you realize it's moved to a different location as well. So there's all kinds of different physical phenomena. Um, in the past, if you look on the internet, you'll find lots of pictures of, you know, ectoplasm where the medium has produced ectoplasm and it's been able to, you know, form into like, you know, uh, uh, the spirit of a person, things like that. So you don't hear about that as often now, but it's, it's quite fascinating. I haven't seen that, that happen just yet, but I'm hoping to someday. <laughs> Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask about. What is ectoplasm? Because I've heard it described numerous times. And when I heard it, I was like, my mind felt like it got blown. It's kind of this sort of luminous substance and, and it has some ingredients that are uh, from the actual like physical body of the medium and then some ingredients that aren't. Um, so it's like from what I've heard is some of it has been able to sort of be captured and studied, but not very easily. It's very difficult because it just can disappear like just like that. It's not something that you can like capture very easily, yeah. but um, it usually comes out of the medium. Like, so it might come out of their mouth or their ears, something like that, or their nose. And then, um, and then it can be drawn out and form like a face, things like that. It's, it's pretty fascinating. So if you, if you go online and look into physical mediumship, you'll see a lot of very interesting pictures yeah. <laughs> of that too. So yeah. Have you done physical mediumship yourself or do you go like, do you meet with a group and how important is it to have that sort of consistent routine? Do you think? Yes. Yeah. So I, I do have um, a circle that I've been part of for several years and it is important, you, you have to meet kind of at the same day, every week, the same time. Um, and, you know, in our case, we've had COVID, so we've been meeting over Zoom. And fortunately, because no space and time, it still works. Not quite the same as when you're in that one room, but we're keeping the energy alive until it is safe to meet again. Um, but it takes a lot of dedication because it can take years for things to happen. It, it can take years. So, you know, back in the day, you know, in the, the, we call them the, the days of, you know, like the 1900s, the first half of the 1900s, people kind of had more time and dedication to do that. It's difficult to find that now. So it's just yeah. like, you just don't miss. <laughs> yeah. You don't miss. So, but it's your love for spirit that keeps you coming back. That keeps you coming back, but it's magical. It's a really magical experience. And to, you know, even, you know, feel a temperature change or hear the, hear the little pop on the wall is like, uh, it, it's hard to describe what a feeling of wonder and excitement it produces in you. And like I said, the frequency of the room is so loving. You just feel like you can melt right into it. It's, it's absolutely beautiful that it's, it's so I, I love it. Yeah. When I've heard of a physical mediumship being described, I, I was aware of the groups and in the dark and all that, but I know I've never heard about all the love songs. So I never had yeah. that sort of 
impression, I guess for me, it's probably based on movies I've seen and things like that, but it kind of made me feel a little bit scared. But when you're talking yeah, about I, it with all the love and the love songs, it, it really does change my perspective on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Love is really the bridge between, you know, between the two realms. So without that, you know, it, I can't see really how else it would work. So, you know, fear-based mediumship, fear-based things don't belong. They don't belong in any kind of mediumship. They, they just yeah. don't because then the, the mind the mind and the subconscious unconscious minds of people are getting involved in creating things that are not from the spirit. Yeah, exactly. Because fear is a blocker. And that's why, you know, I know that I've gone to, I've only gone to one live show. I went and saw, um, saw John Edwards perform and, um, do his live demonstrations. And one of the things that I noticed in his show was all the laughter and the, the lightness and the, you know, I get, I'm empathic. So I also get super emotional for when things are happening like that, but it was just such a wonderful experience. Like you said, of love and there was humor and there was no fear there, there was no room for it. And it didn't even enter my mind at any time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And laughter is such a great high vibration as well. It's such a frequency raiser too. And so that's, that's the real deal. That's where you are there. That's, that's the real deal. So the spirit, spirit is love. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is kind of here. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the 3d experience that we're having here. So, yeah. And I guess that's the whole thing with, you know, uh, following your bliss, following your joy. And I, I do talk a lot about um, following your flow as well. And, you know, when I speak with people about making sure that when you're in flow, everything just goes tick, 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 tick. Like you and I to speak to each other was really easy. Hey girl, want to be on the yeah. show? Yeah. Does this time work for you? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Here we go. You know? <laughs> so you know, it's almost yeah. as though, you know, you're in line and you're guided. How do you kind of keep your vibration high, especially during challenging times, like through COVID and you know, if you're having, you know, human experiences, how do you kind of rise above to keep your vibration going? Oh, beautiful, beautiful question. So I am, I am a proponent of embracing your emotions and embracing whatever you are experiencing from every moment, because there's, there's a, an experiential aspect to that. Um, so I don't think we're meant to be like, you know, on top of the Richter scale of joy, a hundred percent of the time, or we probably wouldn't have come here. We would have just stayed in the spirit world where it is all love and bliss all the time, yeah. you know? So I know that the soul, the soul of us wants to experience a wide variety of, you know, physical experiences, you know, emotions and thoughts and feelings. So the more we can embrace and hold space for whatever we're going through at a given time, really the faster it kind of moves through us and then we can, you know, get past it and move into um, a different space, you know, shift the energy fat, shift the energy quicker into um, a more preferable, more comfortable state that we would mm. like to be in too. So, um, but, but quick and easy, I guess, I don't, I won't say quick, but easy tips is going outside you know, really taking a look at nature and remembering the beauty, because I mean, even a, a, a pretty flower can just like spark something in you to where you realize there's so much beauty around me. 
and it's around us everywhere. We live in an absolutely beautiful world. There's just so many things to be grateful for. Taking the time to think about all of the things and people that you love, you know, including your pets and your, you know, your friends and your family, your loved ones. And then you realize the list keeps growing bigger and bigger, you know, so you get into that state of appreciation. Yeah. Um, listening to music that makes you happy, that will help you to shift the energy, you know. So we don't want to stay stuck in the the lower emotions forever, you know, but yeah. we do want to not reject them at the same time if that makes sense. We don't want to like reject them because um, they have a, a, a need to be seen and heard as well too. So when we kind of learn to love all the parts of ourselves, we actually find a more bigger fulfill fulfilling feeling of wholeness starts to come forth as we continue on our journey. Beautiful. And you know, one of the yeah. things that I remember Eckhart Tolle said, in his book is about what we resist persists. So it's almost as though accepting this moment as though we'd chosen it. And then, like you said, taking those steps to, to then go, all right, I, I feel this way. And now I'm going to go out and walk around my garden, or I'm going to go and yeah. take a breath of fresh air outside and start to change that. Cause it really does come down to us deciding because we have free will. We can sit in a certain space or not. Right. Um, and so we can even say to ourselves out loud or in our mind, you know, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. I know I can't change it. I accept it in this moment. You don't have to like it, but you can just accept what's happening. And you can even repeat that to yourselves a few times. And you might find that you get some space, some space in between you and the experience because we're very much are the observer. That's kind of like who we really are as sort of the observer. Yeah. Um, but we, we think that we're so tied and identified to every experience that we're having. And so when we start to get that space, you really develop that sort of spiritual awareness of yourself kind of as the observer and the experiencer, not always the actual experience, if that makes sense. So we're experiencing yes. things. Um, but it's not all of who we are. We're so multidimensional. And so we're gonna be shifting moods and thoughts and feelings all the time. And that's just part of being alive and that's okay. you know. But when we realize that we have that space in between, so that really does help. Um, I also wanna recommend grounding too. Anything that's, that you can do that's grounding can really help. Because when we have a lot of mental energy kind of hanging, hanging out in the mental space, we can ground some of that down, really get back into your body. And people feel a lot better very quickly when they do a grounding technique, whether it's taking a walk, a meditation, soaking their feet, they might feel 10, 20 minutes, uh, a big change where they're just like back in their body and they feel totally normal again. Yeah, that is so good. I remember I went to a yoga class one time and you know the teacher was talking about feeling your feet. And I said, I can't feel my feet. Like I can feel my feet, but not in the way that she was talking about, not in the grounded way. And she said, lift your toes. <laughs> and that really helped me to just kind of come down to earth. And the other thing I wanted to share, and one of the things that I learned from one of my previous guests uh, was um, her name's Pamela. 
we talked all about dreams and I was telling her, I, I have all these dreams all the time where I'm flying or I'm like, sorry, not flying. I'm on a really high ledge or, you know, kind of to deal with height related stuff. And she said that that's an indicator that I'm too much in my head. So, you know, maybe our listener at home can relate to that on some level and then use some of the techniques and tricks that you've just mentioned there to help sort of ground. Cause I don't always know if we know that we're not grounded. You might be used to living in that sort of head space, but there's a major difference. I can notice a massive difference in myself when I'm fully in my body and grounded versus in my head, which is most of the time. Yeah, so true and so true. And, you know, we do live in a world um, and in many of our cultures, I'm sure you, you and I kind of share similar cultures where, you know, mental activity is rewarded and production and doing things is rewarded and, you know, yeah. getting good grades is, you know, all of those things where you're having to use your mental energy. And so you get kind of used to that. But so when you're grounded, that means your energy is, you know, really connected with your physical body too. And so there's quite a difference in the feeling. Some people will say they feel heavier afterwards. And that's because they're not used to that feeling of sort of having their energy sort of all the way kind of back into that. So instead of their energy going, you know, willy nilly sort of all over the place, we want to kind of bring it back down and in, and you will feel a, a big difference. And so even taking as much time as taking a few seconds to say, connect with your, your solar plexus. So that's a nice power center to work with, or connect with your heart space, hold your focus, just like you did with your toes hold your focus on that space for as long as you can, you'll find that the thinking quiets down considerably. And then you might find, oh, I just went into a bunch of thoughts again. So they're like, okay, you, you were able to hold it for 10 seconds, but then you might find that 10 seconds can grow into 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes. And so you're, in fact, you're learning how to meditate by just by doing that, because you're learning how to kind of quiet the mind. And so people who have a lot of like body awareness, say they exercise frequently, they have that kind of, you know, body awareness where they're very in tune with their own body. It's very important though, especially because you mentioned you're an empath too. So when you have that connection with your own energy, you really know what's yours and what's, what's not yours. And you can make good discernment because sometimes uh, we think, oh, uh, someone just projected all this energy or I'm feeling, you know, all of that. It might not be it, you know, um, if, you, if you're not really able to discern the difference, we're not sure exactly what just happened. So <laughs> learning to feel your own energy is really important. And the beautiful thing is, and when we talked about sitting in the power earlier, that's a, another great meditation to, to do that because you're, you've put your focus kind of usually down into your heart space. Sometimes it's a solar plexus and you expand it out, but you've, you've taken that focus back to your body first. And we have to remember our body is where all of our energetic system begins, our, our chakras, our central channel, our front and back channel, all of that is within and around our body too. So mm -hmm. we want to be connected with all of that. And our lower chakras, you know, a lot of women especially are very, they're very open in the upper chakras. You know, they love get, you know, their intuition and everything, but the lower chakras, you know, helps with grounding, but that's also helping with, you know, personal power and manifestation and getting projects done. And don't we all want more of that? Yes. So, <laughs> so good. So many yeah. wonderful tips, Jen, we are at our hour, believe it or not. Um, it's flown by. I'd love to know whether or not there's anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't get a chance to ask you. Oh, great question. So 
I just want to remind everybody that they are to our spirit. There really is no separation between us and our own soul and our spirit. And we we kind of think of ourselves as like we're living this, this physical reality as our personality and our soul is kind of like out there when we kind of feel it once in a while, if we hear a song or see a sunset, but it's working through us all of the time. We're never not connected. And so I, that's, I think that's the main thing I want to really remind people is that you are spirit, you are soul, you are empowered, you, you are light, you are love. That is like the real truth of everything. And so we get very, uh, we get very sort of uh, identified with the, the physical reality, nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful experience to have. And that's why we come here because it's like we come here for the, the life experience and it's so rich in diversity and everything. It's just beautiful. And yeah. you know, even the difficult things need to be honored for what we've learned and gained from that and help it, how it shaped us. But we're never not our soul. We're never not our spirits always working through us. We're always guided. We're never alone. So it just, that's what I'd love to leave with people. Beautiful. How can people find out more about you, Jen, and how can they work with you as well? What kind of things do you teach? Um, you mentioned that you do teach people um, to learn a lot of the stuff that you do. And I would imagine you also do readings as well. So can you yes, tell me a little yes, bit about thank that? You. Um, yes, um, I do readings for people. Um, I teach classes and workshops. Um, I do um, a couple free group meditation healings every week, um, a morning and an evening sessions for people with different time zones. So that's something that uh, people like to take advantage of when we're building a beautiful little communicate community with that too. Um, I also run a spiritual service twice a month that I really enjoy doing. It's a non-denominational service, but we have mediumship and healing and different guest speakers. And uh, we really, I call it for the love of spirit. And I think when everybody leaves, they, they felt that. So that's um, something that's like near and dear to my heart that I've created as well. So I just, I love doing everything, honestly. <laughs> and um, I have a website, it's uh, www.mediumjenniferrose.com. Uh, on Facebook, I'm at Medium Jennifer Rose and Instagram, I'm Jennifer Rose Medium, the opposite. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'll put a link to all that as well in the show notes. And hopefully you will be able to come back in the next couple of months and we can talk about some of the other things that you specialize in. I would love to. And thank you, Lauren, so much for having me. It's truly an honor. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.